0: Pharmacy Podcast Nation. You know, it's a good day for me when I get to have pharmacists in action in presentations with me but today is a subject that I need a lot of help on because if you want tax advice, do not come to me to ask for that tax advice because I'll probably get you in trouble. Just like if you're a pharmacist, give the pharmacist your attention for clinical information. Once again, don't come to me. I'm a good parrot. I'm probably one of the most intelligent parrots in the pharmacy industry, but for clinical and tax, that's not my bag of tricks. It has to be the experts and today, we are bringing on several experts as well as a pharmacy operator and owner to uh, this podcast which is brought to us by RxSafe. RxSafe has been an amazing partner of our network bringing content to us and we're doing this in two different ways you're seeing us live on the webinar as well as accessible through a youtube page that will be repurposing this content and then if you're listening to the audio form We very much appreciate you. If you think there's another pharmacy owner out there that would like to listen to business information that's brought to us by trusted professionals who are deep into uh, helping pharmacists and pharmacy owners manage their money and finances better, please share this podcast with them. Without further ado, I would like to introduce our panel today I'm excited about this because one of them is a brand new member of the Pharmacy Podcast Network, and that is Mr. Derek Delaney. He has a, an amazing podcast called Farm D Money. Welcome, Derek, to uh, this presentation.
1: Thank you, Todd. I'm happy to be here.
0: Also, uh, no one um, is gonna is gonna miss out on this name. This. This guy is just synonymous and tagged in and plugged into all things financial for the world of the pharmacy owner. Uh, The Sykes family have been producing some amazing content on their YouTube channel. I educate myself on that and share that content. Uh, Olin Sykes uh, founded Sykes and Company, um, I don't know how many years ago, I have to get your uh, input, Scott, but Scott, Um, you are the son of Olin and I'm so glad that you're here to help us uh, navigate this subject today
2: yeah well glad to be here thank you for having me uh my dad i think we he started about 35 years ago todd and uh, i've been on board about 10 or 12 years um and so it's been a it's been a fun ride uh, ever since so we're just glad to be here
0: thank you so much you guys are uh the goats of of, of the cpa world of of community pharmacy and pharmacy business so thank you so much appreciate and- We couldn't have a presentation, we couldn't have one of these events without a pharmacy operator owner here. I wanna introduce Amy Strumer to the Pharmacy Podcast Nation in this presentation. Amy, thanks for being here.
3: Yeah, happy to be here.
0: First of all, I'm gonna start out with Amy. Tell us your pharmacy location and the setting of your pharmacy, the mix between uh, patients in the community setting, or if you're doing some assisted living or even specialty, kind of give our our audience um, uh, a little information on your background.
3: Yeah, so I am a pharmacist and owner, co-owner with my husband of Medicine Man, Bonners Ferry Pharmacy in Bonners Ferry, Idaho, right on the Northern tip, right next to Canada. And we are located inside of a grocery store, um, pretty small pharmacy, 600 square foot, Um, And we do basically retail pharmacy, but we also do, uh, as you see, packaging, Um, we do MedSync, we do uh, assisted living, living as well, bubble packing for them. Yeah, for the most part, a little bit of compounding, but not much anymore.
0: Thank you. If you're listening to the podcast and you're not getting the visual, Amy has a um, an RX Safe uh, technology a machine right behind her, and I said to Derek before we started recording, it looks better than a Christmas tree. Um, it, it looks. I'm into Star Wars guys and science fiction, so I absolutely love stuff like this. But it looks great. So today's subject, once again, um, it's just amazing how intense it is to run a, um, a community pharmacy, independent pharmacy. And the guidance that we're going to get from this panel is so important. And, and I think it's necessary coming to the end of the year where we get an opportunity to listen to uh, some strategists to dig into what is section 179 And how does this benefit the business of pharmacy? So I'm going to start out with uh, with Scott, if you could kind of elaborate and set the stage, what is uh, Section 179?
2: So Section 179 is an area of tax law here where essentially uh, Congress wanted businesses to be able to uh, purchase equipment and get and get uh, and stimulate the economy with the purchase of equipment. And so what they did is they uh, introduce uh, section 179 in the tax law that essentially allows uh, pharmacy owners in this particular case to essentially write off up to 100% of that uh, purchase price in year one. And even if you finance that, for example, if we're talking about a robot here, even if you finance that robot, uh, you can essentially write, up, write off or deduct up to one hundred percent of that uh, robot cost in year one. So uh, very valuable tax benefit there from a tax planning perspective, um, and uh, can substantially reduce taxable income and and save you some taxes for sure.
0: Thank you, Scott. So Derek, when I think of what you've laid out on um, farm D money and many of the podcasts that you've put out, I understand that there are those nicks and crannies of of tax strategy that can become very confusing. How have you um, leveraged and or uh, can you tell us any stories about the strategy that you might present one of your clients with regards to Section 179?
1: Yeah, so like you mentioned earlier, Todd, I think it's always extremely important to work with people who are professionals in the specific industry you're looking to dive into. So when it comes to 179, I have a lot of clients that I shouldn't say a lot, but I had some clients that experienced that and had the opportunity to take advantage of it. And the first thing we do is we always collaborate with their CPA. So I think it's always important to make sure that you deal with an expert who understands this more than anybody else in our world, essentially. Um, One of the big strategies we use 1794, or at least that I have been a part of with pharmacy owners is to really bring down their tax bill in a year that allows us to do something else in that year because of that lower tax bill, if that makes sense. Because again, everybody knows here that 179 is not eliminating that tax. It's basically pushing it out farther into the future where when you end up selling that piece of equipment you'll have recapture issues and stuff like that but in the year of taking 179 it allows us to do other unique things from a planning standpoint for those pharmacy owners
0: that brings me back to amy um you're the one that we're caring about and worried about as a business owner and so much of the intensity of dir fees and insurance and employment costs and just managing your inventory and really navigating when is it time to pull the trigger on larger purchases? And how can you use Section 179 to mitigate the impact of that cost of that piece of equipment, for example? Amy, can you give us an example how your husband and you may have used one section, Section 179 in the past? And, um, you know, what the outcome was uh, just from a story perspective?
3: Yes, um, we actually are clients of Sykes and Company, so they are our experts. And they every at the end of every year um, ask us to make a meeting with them and go over our tax management planning um, to see what kind of tax due we'll have at the end of the year, come tax season. So um, each time we do that, they generally say, "Oh, is this the time to pull the trigger and maybe get a larger purchase so that." we can try to mitigate that tax amount that we have to pay. And just even I believe I got this machine, the RX safe behind me, um, July of last year. And so it was the previous tax season that they recommended that we make a large purchase and it definitely helped us with not having to pay as much in in tax so.
0: Scott, what are some other examples uh, that you can give us for owners that are interested in using a Section 179 tax strategy?
2: Yeah, so you know you have Section 179, which can be used for uh, machinery, equipment, um, point-of-sale systems, um, and potentially some improvements as well to the pharmacy if you're making uh, improvements to the inside of your pharmacy. Uh, you certainly could have some opportunity there with 179 and writing everything off. The key thing about Section 179, it's very flexible. So you could, let's just say you purchased a $100,000 robot, for example. You can uh, essentially write off $100,000 of it in year one under seven, 179. Or you could just say, I'm only going to write off $50,000 this year. Um, and, just, and then the other 50, uh, you write off over a period of time. Um, So 179 is very flexible in that regards, but you also have what what um, what's out there is called bonus depreciation, which is very similar to section 179, but it has its advantages as well. um, In that you can actually create losses in a lot of a lot of instances with bonus depreciation and when we're talking about tax planning which Amy just touched on uh, if you're able to create some losses and plan around those losses. Uh, you could all, potentially offset other income in other areas, thereby reducing your tax bill. So there's a lot of planning that can go on here with 179 and bonus depreciation. And I'll also add there uh, that uh, your state tax differences are very important um, when determining uh, with your professionals, um, which, is, which is a better option, whether it's that bonus or 179. So um, a lot of planning can, can go into that, but you've got a myriad of options here uh for pharmacy owners
0: so I don't want to put you in boxes but when I think of Derek versus Scott I'm thinking of Derek focusing on the individual and the income uh capacity to be able to take full advantage of what that individual is making to set them up for a great retirement for example and then I look at Scott as managing the health of the entire operations and business or better yet multi businesses, because we have pharmacy owners that are listening to this presentation right now, who have three, five, six, 12 locations. And that starts to become really complex when I think of that. Derek, can you kind of give us an examples of timing? And in thinking of the individual outcome, the owner physical, their physical income, and how this might play um, into timing and using Section 179?
1: Yeah, so on the the I think you hit it right on the head, Todd. Where I focus more on the individual and family planning when it comes to pharmacists, and usually leave the uh, business side to people who specialize in that, like Scott and his firm. Um, but one of the big things that pharmacy owners are confronted with, or have the opportunity to be more efficient with, is the cash flow within the year that gets saved, or that cash flow opportunity that's there because of section. 179. And that's always an interesting thing that I wondered is if it's more important for a business owner in a pharmacy to buy a big piece of machinery at the beginning of the year knowing they have that big depreciable asset that they can use to offset other income they know they're going to experience later in the year, which means maybe they have to pay less in quarterlies. And if that's the case, they have more free cash flow to take advantage of other things throughout the year that may help them on the personal side.
0: I'm not sure who to ask to ask this question to. So I'm going to ask the question and then someone eat out of the three of you. And that is, I'm thinking of the pharmacy owner who's thinking of selling their business and what impact this has on their operations. So would it be Scott to ask you? So I'm a pharmacy owner. I have three stores. I'd like to sell off one of those stores. I wanted to purchase some equipment before the end of the year. Is there any implement implications to that, that story or that that setting?
2: Certainly, anytime you're going to sell a business, whether you're going to sell the stock or the assets and you own multiple pharmacies, there's a lot of planning that goes in around that. So that, that's a great question. Obviously, the, the answer is going to be yes, there, um, depending on the situation, uh, what you're selling again, whether stock or assets, which assets are you selling, so on and so forth. So uh there can certainly be implications to these aggressive write-offs in, in terms of recapture uh if you, you may have to pay um uh, essentially recapture that depreciation you've already taken in uh in previous years for example uh so there, there's a lot of planning that goes into that for sure absolutely
0: amy what concerns do you have as a pharmacy owner with regards to purchasing, let's say you came to, to Scotty and to Sykes and you say, listen, we're expanding and we want to start delivering more uh, maybe in a wider area and, we, and we're going to need some vehicles. Have you ever utilized this um, approach, Section 179, for delivery vehicles?
3: I have not. Um, it is in our radar, though. It is something that we're thinking about doing in the near future. So definitely something I'm interested in.
2: Yeah, I'll just chime in there, Todd. There's a lot of opportunity with vehicles. Obviously, here, um, you know, you can use 179 for vehicles, and you can also use that bonus depreciation I mentioned, which is actually 168k, Section 168, uh, which is uh, the bonus depreciation. There's a little more aggressive. Can be for vehicles. Um, because there can be some limits with the 179 when it comes to vehicles. Um, But, you know, if, if, if you can get a vehicle, believe it or not, they, they want you, Congress wants you to purchase large vehicles over 6,000 pounds because the depreciation uh, is much more aggressive on what you can write off there. So they want you to purchase those trucks and SUVs essentially, um, and, and to get that more aggressive depreciation. So, um, Again, a lot of flexibility there with vehicles and the opportunity is certainly there.
0: So what about the world of a pharmacy owner or the scenario per se of a pharmacy owner wanting to expand a physical location? So I'm really curious about commercial property. Um, That is the pharmacy owner wants to um, purchase another location. How does 179 fit into this?
2: I'm glad you asked this question. Uh, This is a great question. So there's, um, if you if a pharmacy owner owns a building or is purchasing a building, the the rule of thumb is what you'll typically hear from a CPA and an attorney is to put that in a separate LLC. Um, And when you do that, it's it's what they call a passive entity, if you will. And when when you have a passive entity, if you have losses with passive entities, those losses, you cannot use against active income, in other words, the pharmacy income, you can't offset. Whereas if you if that building is inside the pharmacy entity itself, you have an S corp pharmacy and you put that building in the name of the pharmacy there, it becomes an active uh, building, if you will, and A building is typically depreciated over 39 years, which is an extremely long period of time, but there's cost segregation studies that will allow you to take that building cost. let's just say it's a million dollars. And they will break down the building costs into individual components and those individual components uh, electrical fixtures lighting. um can fall into these smaller, more uh, smaller buckets that you can then use 179 and bonus depreciation to write off in year one a large portion of that building. So you might be able to take a million dollar building and put four hundred thousand dollars into these other buckets where you can use 179 and bonus to write it all off in year one and create a four hundred thousand dollar write off in year one essentially wiping out income, creating maybe some losses there to offset other income, so on and forth, so forth. um, Buildings is a huge opportunity for pharmacy owners when we're talking about 179 and bonus depreciation. It's just how uh, you got to speak with your advisors to make sure it's set up correctly so you can take advantage of of those cost segregation studies.
0: this this next question derek isn't necessarily about 179 but i am thinking of the pharmacy owner who's listening including amy and and her husband and that is you know what if i had a stellar year i've given myself a salary of x number of dollars i know i'm going to have some income that's going to be maybe unusual for the year for example with the pandemic we've seen more healthcare services you know, being utilized by um, the community, by people that are being served by pharmacies. Do you ever give an advisement to be taking that over the, the income that the pharmacy owner is used to or the pharmacist is used to and putting it into some kind of investment?
1: Yeah, well, from a tax planning standpoint, if you find yourself in, in irregular year where you're earning or getting compensated a lot more than in previous years, It's important to look at ways in that year to reduce your taxable income. So real common strategies there would be to make contributions into traditional IRAs. However, we're in a tax environment right now on the personal side that's pretty good compared to historical tax rates, especially on the the federal income tax bracket side. And these preferable rates could be going away here in a couple of years if these um, tax cuts that were enacted back in 2018 go away starting in 2026. So even if you find yourself with a higher income in a given year than what you anticipated, it may make sense not to defer that income into something like a traditional IRA and not pay tax on it now. It may make sense to actually throw it into a Roth IRA, take your tax hit now knowing that you could potentially be in a higher environment later on in life. So it's all about that balance of what you think your tax liability is going to be this year? Do you want to lower it compared to what we think your tax liability could be five, six, seven years down the road? And making the best judgment call at that time with those two considerations in mind.
0: Derek, thanks for that. You know, I was thinking as you were saying that um, back to. One of the points that Scott made, and Amy, that is the, the world of improvements. When's the last time that you um, made uh, significant improvements to your pharmacy operations, your pharmacy environment? And talk about that with regards to uh, tax planning for the end of the year.
3: Yeah, so I would say the most recent would be the Rapid Pack um, Rapid Pack RX that I got in July of, I guess it would be 2019, 2020. Yeah, 2020, excuse me. Um, yeah, July of 2020. we have got it's it then. all
0: it's all like blurring because of it is bl- such a
3: blur. <laughs> That's the most recent one we've done, but we've done other ones in the past as well, purchasing a parata um counting the max counting file counting machine as well. But um it definitely was helpful in our tax mitigation to to help just really put the money where we wanted to put it and not necessarily towards tax planning and things like that.
0: Scotty, what about the improvement side of things? So I'm a pharmacy owner. I know that the maybe I don't have a drive through, for example, and I want to add on some actual some major structure that's going to be pretty expensive. Can you kind of expand upon that aspect of this benefit?
2: If you are adding uh, or enlarging a building or uh, mess with the integrity of your of the structure of your building, you, you could run into some limitations there. Uh, as far as, as aggressive write-offs with um with bonus depreciation or 179 um so any any anytime you're enlarging your building or adding on to your building you definitely need to speak with your advisors um, to make sure that you are you're going to maximize your situation there from a write-off perspective because there can be some limitations there and let me just say that um in any time you were talking about depreciation here and then 179 and bonus depreciation and especially as we get towards the end of the year. Uh, the, the, the equipment that whatever you're purchasing the capital asset you're purchasing has to be put into use uh, in the year you're going to write it off so. Um, you have to be able, for example, with a robot, you know, you can have it installed there at the last day of the year, but you, you better be able to run a prescription through there. Um, to show that it was in use. That's going to be a very important um, detail there.
0: So I purchase a rapid pack on December 30th. I better get it pumping out a prescription first, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. Very good. Well, don't wait. If you're listening to this. Yeah, this is the time to get right going. Now, yep. Let's uh, let's call Sykes and, and, and find out how to how to work this best and make sure that it works for the the pharmacy owner, I have such a big heart for pharmacy owners and what they do for their communities, and how taxes can be so stressful. I know myself when I launched uh, 100% of my income coming from the publication in 2019, that the tax experience that I had in 2020 for my 2019, um, you know, year was a nightmare, and it's still a nightmare. I actually still owe taxes, so I actually need to get a hold of uh. Uh, another a planner, just to, just just the environment that I'm in, that's so different. So I think of Amy and, and your team and in and your operations and, and what you're doing and how you're growing, where do you see pharmacy owners making the big mis- biggest mistakes? What are the common mistakes that are taking place in tax planning and when they should or should not be using Section 179, Scott? Uh,
2: that's a great question. One of the, the biggest hindrance to any tax planning is to be the accounting. If you do not have the accounting system fundamentals in place, uh, you don't know where you stand. And if you don't know where you stand, you cannot tax plan. Um, so that that's always rule number one, uh, always will be. And, and you'll never hear us stop talking about that. So the fundamentals have to be there. When you have the accounting fundamentals and you have a and you know exactly where you stand month in month out. You can then put together projections, put together models and strategies um, to to offset uh, hopefully any tax liabilities uh, and improve the cash flow in the pharmacy. Because you know tax planning is all about cash flow and and keeping more cash in the pharmacy and in the pockets of the pharmacy owner. So, uh, which we all know, cash is king in pharmacy. So very important piece uh, tax planning is, but you got to have those accounting fundamentals first and foremost.
0: So my other question that I'm thinking about is the world of employees and how I may need um, to take uh, an opportunity to hire more people based on my workload, whether that be technicians or people at the front counter, customer service or the most expensive of those employees, maybe another pharmacist. How does tax planning, and is there any benefit in the world of 179 if I hire a new employee, especially the most expensive ones, uh, Scott? Is there, any, is there any way of, of showing uh, losses in, in that manner?
2: Hiring employees would not be impacted whatsoever by one section 179 or a bonus uh, depreciation setting, so that would be completely separate and distinct. Now there are could be potential credits involved around hiring. Uh, uh, There's 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 a few of them out there, like hiring a uh, a veteran or something like that, but um, completely separate and distinct there as far as depreciation and, and hiring.
0: Very good. So what are you thinking about, Amy, in, in this coming year, uh, 2021 and closing out? Is there anything that you're planning to do for your pharmacy that you could leverage um, this tax uh, strategy um, uh, for your own pharmacy? Yeah. For.
3: The- Just this year, we have decided to upgrade and get the newer versions of the icon counting pill machines. So that was one of the updates that we made. We haven't had our tax planning meeting with Sykes yet, but we will very soon here. So that's kind of what we're looking into.
0: Is there minimums that I have to spend as a pharmacy owner in order to get this benefit? Scott, you mentioned a $100,000 purchase or more. And that's easily uh, spent when I'm talking about some you know, higher level um, automation and systems. Even uh, new pharmacy software systems can be quite expensive. Can you tell me if there's limitations um, on the Section 179?
2: Uh, Section 179 does have some limits. I believe the write off limit is a 1,040,000. So it's not really in the ballpark for many pharmacy owners. Um, uh bonus appreciation no limits as far as that's concerned so uh, for the for most nine out of ten pharmacies not going to be a problem any limits whatsoever
0: if the attendees have any questions that they'd like to ask this panel we can definitely put them you could raise your hand um we can have you um be pump, become part of this conversation I think of navigation of the money that's coming into an operation, what money is going out as it expenses, and more importantly where deductions can be made um, for uh, end of year. It's you know by the time we get this uh, this presentation out it will probably be early November. So I'm thinking we have less than 60 days to make some new moves. Scott, when is the best time to actually get started um, in order to get into the Section 179 benefit? Is there a, I know we were talking about putting it into the, the device into action in, on December 31st, but that seems like there's a lot of uh, risk in waiting to that, that you know, length of time. Amy made comments about purchasing a, a piece of equipment um, in, in July. Um, what's your advice with regards to timing?
2: Sure. You know, we were at the NCPA conference a, a few weeks ago and, uh, you, you definitely could hear the supply chain issues impacting a lot of the, uh, the vendors there, uh, including, uh, equipment. And so, um, in fact, we heard one vendor say, it's just not going to happen this year. If you, if you go ahead and place your order now, it's not going to happen this year. So, uh, certainly you want to get in line now sooner rather than later if you're looking to uh, put that equipment in use and get that tax benefit in this current year. You know the equipment can be new or used it, uh, in in many cases can be new or used uh, equipment so used equipment for the pharmacy uh, could still be eligible for that 100% write off whether that's 179 or depreciation um, as long as it's new to you if it's a piece of used equipment, but it's new to you, um, you can still get that um that full write off so something to keep in mind there and uh, maybe perhaps a secondary market that's out there for some equipment.
0: So you mentioned llc's if I have three pharmacies and they're each labeled under a different llc can I sell equipment between those three locations and take advantage of the benefit
2: related party issues that's going to fall under the related party issues and you're going to run into a roadblock there so. uh, not going to not going to fly,
0: not going to (laughs) fly. We have a a question from one of our participants that says that they're selling their pharmacy and they wanted to use something called one zero three one exchange. Do you actually know what that stands for and how to answer that question?
2: That's a ten thirty one exchange. Real estate is really the big um, area involved in that. We do not specialize in 1031 exchanges. Uh, If if that need arises,
1: obviously we we bring in specialists in that area. It is is a unique area for sure. And I think it's important to note too that 1031 exchanges basically defer your tax liability on the sale of that business or that property. Which right now you want to be very careful about doing that with the possibility of capital gain tax increases happening in the future. So that's something you're going to want to be aware of. If you think a 1031 could be something you want to take advantage of moving forward.
0: Thank you, Derek, that's a really good point. Uh, We have another um, pharmacy operator that has a question that says their income is reduced by the expense cost of the purchase alone, but a write off of the depreciation also hits the income remaining. So is that the case? Is there um, you know the write off of the depreciation also hits the income that's remaining.
2: Uh, not, not sure I fully follow that, but you know example again if you have that $100,000 $100, robot, for example, uh, you're essentially going to have a, an expense of $100,000 if you are going to take advantage of the 179 or uh, bonus depreciation options out there
0: yep there's a second part of that question which is so if you're trying to reduce your income by buying a robot that costs ten thousand dollars could could it result in a ten thousand dollar indirect tax write-off and then also corresponding in separate decreasing that income
2: well the ten thousand dollars in that example would be a write-off decreasing your taxable income uh I hope that answers that question.
0: We can actually um, follow up with you too, uh, Scott. And and please, there's gonna be uh, contact information in our show notes for all of our uh, participants in this uh, panel so that you can reach out to uh, Derek, Scott, and, uh, and Amy through uh, LinkedIn connections. So um, just be aware of that. I think that there's um, a lot of pharmacy owners that are looking to uh, change some of the services that they're providing um, that aren't attached to um, reimbursement models, uh, not attached to Medicaid, not attached to some private insurance, maybe something that's cash-based. For example, we hear a lot of pharmacies starting to think of the supplement world as well as the a veterinarian um, opportunity for pets and pet meds Um, is there anything in starting a new line if you invest money into let's say marketing materials or fixtures or something to support that new line that we can take advantage of section 179
2: Uh, great question uh you know you're going to have your expenses normally associated with adding any new business line for example if you are investing in capital equipment a a piece of equipment for example uh, you could potentially take advantage of the 179 opportunity there Uh, but you you could also run into research and development tax credit opportunities there as well when you're introducing a new business line Um, so uh, great question a lot of opportunity there with with everything uh, especially obviously going cash based revenue which can be very beneficial for pharmacies.
0: So let's talk about real quick and review just for the audience, for our listeners, if you're listening via the webinar on YouTube or on pharmacy podcast um, qualified property. So I want to go through these heavy equipment, which I don't know if that necessarily fits pharmacy. It says certain vehicles, machines, tangible personal property, Office equipment, office furniture, computers, software. Obviously, I think that's where uh, we have our pharmacy automation playing in through um, purchasing systems through RX Safe, and then it says certain improvements to qualified real property. Uh, Scott, I'd like to go up above and and jump into the certain vehicles. What's that mean by certain vehicles?
2: are you is this i'm guessing you're looking at the 179 eligible property there yeah so certain vehicles um certain some vehicles won't count uh i don't know what they are off the top of my head um uh, I, I, I really don't know but it doesn't apply to pharmacies i can tell you that so your, your deliver delivery vehicles in a pharmacy is is going to be eligible for the 179. Uh, the, the certain vehicles, those exceptions, uh, don't apply to
1: pharmacy. Scott, correct me if I'm wrong, but with that too, if you use that vehicle for, is it more than 50% for personal use, then you're excluded from taking 179. Yes. Altogether.
2: That's a great point, Derek. Thank you for bringing that up. Um, the, to, to take these aggressive uh, depreciation, you have to use at least 50% of it for business use. and um there's different ways of of handling that if it's not 100 percent business use um so do keep that amount and that that's a good point Derek.
0: amy are you and your team using um delivery vehicles right now of your own
3: not at this moment no we don't do enough to really warrant it but it is something that we have on our radar
0: okay and now this is the the, the one that i wonder the most about and this is listed once again as you caught me uh, reading from the uh, 179 description, Scott. But what is tangible personal personal property?
2: That's going to be the equipment, the office equipment, uh, things like that, the tangible uh, property here, uh, this this pill counter Amy was talking about, those kinds of things.
0: And then obviously, if I have a new um, center that I'm setting up a section in my pharmacy, where i may be doing a counseling center or i hired a nurse practitioner to come in and start doing some work for almost like a minute clinic sec- section that's fixtures that's office that's like office furniture per se that's all included too right
2: yes sir yep
0: very good what type of other creative ideas do you have to share with pharmacy owners who are listening in right now that play into using Section 179. Have I missed any of the categories?
2: I'll I'll just say, well, bonus depreciation is is because the, the 179 gets a lot of talk a lot of talk, but the bonus is also extremely powerful. And again, you can uh, create losses in in some instances with bonus, and and you need to understand the state differences there with your advisors. But I the rule of thumb with uh, any pieces of equipment, capital equipment is, uh, you know, you got to put the economics first. Does your pharmacy actually need this equipment? Does it make sense in your pharmacy? Are you going to be able to use it um, to benefit your pharmacy, so on and so forth? And the depreciation is kind of the tax benefits is, is second. And sometimes we, we see where, oh, I got this tax bill. I need to buy something. And it's, you know, it, should, it shouldn't be like that. So always put the economics first in your pharmacy, then the tax.
1: I think, I think that's a great point, because I think that's the first thing people don't think about that they should, especially when they get to the end of the year where they think I'm gonna have a tax bill, I should go out and buy some something that's gonna help my business and get that, uh, get that deduction. In, in all actuality, I have found plenty of times where not doing that, paying your fare of taxes and keeping that cash available to you in a future year could be far more beneficial than getting the deduction in that current year. But I don't think a lot of business owners think about it that way, which they should.
0: Absolutely. Glad you mentioned that, uh, Derek. Uh, Derek, and in kind of closing out today, can you give our listeners just a um, uh, an overview on what candidate and what, um, what individual uh, would reach out to uh farm d financial planning in utilizing the services that you provide
1: yeah so like we mentioned before farm d financial planning is built for pharmacists and their families more on the personal side so if you're looking for any sort of business advice or more of a cfo service that's a phone call you want to make to scott and his company um anything on the personal side where if you're thinking about retirement or college planning or just investment management or other personal income tax problems you may be experiencing. That's something that my firm and I specialize in, we could help clients with that, if that's something they feel would be beneficial for their situation.
0: And closing out the conversation, Amy, do you have any advice for pharmacy owners listening in right now? And it doesn't even have to be about taxes. Is there anything that's happened over the year that you've realized as a pharmacy owner that you could give uh, some insights?
3: Um, Just to stick with the tax part of it, definitely, as Scott was saying, just um, plan early. We tend to plan really early. For example, even with the supply chain issues that are going on with COVID and such, we ordered our icons for this year back in April and they still haven't arrived, but they will be, I suppose, by mid next month. So you have to plan early. You have to plan early so that that equipment is in use by the end of the year, if you are going to use that and exactly like Derek was saying you have to decide if it's the right fit for you, I would not have purchased my rapid pack if I didn't know that I needed it. Um, Don't just do it for the tax purposes, you know such make sure that you're using something you can actually implement and and will make a difference for your business.
0: Excellent and Scott and coming to uh, you to 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 wrap up the the presentation today do you have any advice for pharmacy owners listening in right now as we're closing um in the end of 2021
2: i guess uh good good piece of advice is to to get those books in order uh, and start your tax planning and now because um there there's pros- definitely some strategies to to look at because once you pass the end of the year those strategies Uh, for the previous year are cut in half. So uh, you're going to be very limited if you if you wait till after the end of the year. So go ahead and get going now and and get this stuff uh, in place.
0: This has been exceptional. I want to say thank you so much to RX Safe for being such a consistent provider of great information that goes far beyond just the equipment that they uh, service and sell and help you to strategize their really concerned with their uh, customers' success. It makes absolute sense that they would be. I wanna give a special thank you to uh, Scott Sykes and your family. They have been champions of community pharmacy for years and just constantly bring such uh, great information uh, to pharmacists at conferences, at webinars, and of course, through this presentation. So thank you so much, Scott, for being here. Thank you. Thank you for
2: having me. It's been great.
0: Derek, thank you so much for not only joining the Pharmacy Podcast Network, but for being part of our uh, webinar today.
1: Oh, I am very glad to be here. Thank you for letting me be involved in this conversation.
0: And Amy, the star of the show, thank you so much for what you do. Um, We're absolutely indebted to our pharmacists throughout the nation and how intricate and important you are to your community as a pharmacy owner. Thank you so much for being here.
3: Thank you. Thank you so much.
0: And then our um, our participants. Thank you so much for spending your time. We know how busy you are. We know um, how stressful uh, it is to run a community pharmacy business. Just from the stories that we hear over and over again, if there's absolutely anything that RxSafe can do for you, advisement, advice, um, helping you to implement uh, the right technology at the right time please reach out to RxSafe. You can go to rxsafe.com and go into our show notes. We'll have connections to uh, several uh, members of the team that you can reach out to. And thank you so much for being part of the Pharmacy Podcast Nation. Thank you so much for allowing uh, me to be part of this uh, panel and uh, in being here with you today. And with that, we're wrapping up and we'll talk to you next time. Thank you.